0: Hi, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help grow your business. We believe small businesses are the backbone of our nation. When your business grows, it benefits not only you and your family, it benefits your whole community. Small businesses create a vibrant and connected economy. We employ local people, we donate to local charities, and we work together to build resilient and thriving regional communities. And the How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Today's marketing topic is copywriting. Now here's a fun fact. When I first started my career in marketing, I used to hate writing professional stuff. And upon reflection, I think it was because I used to put too much pressure on myself to write the perfect passage. Corporate copywriting seemed really contrived and unnatural because, let's face it, no one speaks the way the old school corporate brochures read. And writing advertising copy, well, I love it now, but geez, it's taken years of practice to hone that skill. But when Web 2.0 arrived, writing for me became so much easier. Because the whole premise of Web 2.0 was that we now create, could create digital touch points that invited a two-way conversation. So blogs became a thing, social media became a thing, and all of a sudden, the old rules around marketing and advertising copy kind of just seemed to relax. We could be more conversational with our writing style, and we could inject some personality and even a bit of quirkiness into website copy and the like. I think too, I just got more practice at at writing and the more you write, the better you get. And while the rules of copywriting for marketing and advertising have definitely relaxed, it's really an important ingredient in your marketing material. Great copy can convert a website visitor into a sale a humming headline can seriously stop people in their thumb scrolling social media tracks. And bad copy can be downright disastrous. Long-winded, ill-considered copy runs the risk of boring the pants off your reader. And let's face it, it's pretty damn easy for people to click out of your website and into the next one if you have really failed to engage them or if you've confused them with your words. Marketing copywriter Jodie Kerry joins me today to share her top very awesome tips for writing copy for some of the typical small business marketing touch points. So today we're going to cover websites, blogs, social media, and video scripts. Jodie is a marketer turned copywriter who helps small businesses promote their brand through effective marketing content. She's worked as a communications project manager at 3M in the United States, where she was responsible for sales campaigns and product launches of international brands that you'll likely now find at Bunnings. So brands such as Scotch brand adhesives, post-it stationary products, and Scotchgard cleaning chemicals. But Jody moved to Australia six years ago, and since then she's turned her attention just to the copywriting and content writing side of marketing. She believes that everybody has a story to tell, and customers are ready to listen. And when it comes to copywriting, she has some easy to follow and practical advice for small business owners that you can start implementing right now. So let's get stuck in. Hello, Jody, and welcome to the How to Do Marketing Show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jean. Such a pleasure. And before we kick off, before we start getting into the details of copywriting, I like to ask my guests the same question. And it's really about just getting to know why you do what you do. So, so what is it about copywriting that you really love, Jody?
1: Yeah, what I really love about copywriting is there's both a technical side to it and then there's also the creative side. And I've always been in marketing communications as an overlying, you know, the umbrella of marketing communications as a career. But about six years ago, I was asked to do copywriting and I thought, this is perfect for me as a solopreneur working from home. I can do all of the marketing that I love doing, but really focus in on just the copywriting and getting into a customer's mindset and being able to help a client speak to the, cl- to the client as effectively as they can.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's so good, and I know certainly with my work with small business, you know, copywriting is one of those kind of technical skills that they get a, they get quite fearful about, you know, and, and writing to some for some people just doesn't come easily you know it's not something that that people necessarily do a lot of in small business you know depending on what they do um so sometimes that can kind of put them off doing it or they do it and it's and it's not really great which means that when people are reading their marketing touch point that reflects on them really badly so the fact that you offer the the kind of copywriting skills and and you really just specialize on providing those i think would would obviously help small businesses quite a lot and the fact that you've also got the marketing back as you said, to be able to kind of put the context into that copywriting is is fantastic. So that's what I kind of wanted to really deep dive with you on today. So, um, you know, when it does come to small business, there, there, there are some pretty typical kind of copywriting requirements. So, you know, website content, blog posts, social media posts, brochure copy. Um, video scripts radio scripts these are all touch points that require a different and a professional approach to copy so I'd really love to be able to go through each one and grab some of your key tips as to how to best you know produce the, the the copywriting for these for these touch points so let's start with website because most small i mean there's not many small businesses left that don't have a website and and no matter what your website does it's going to need some sort of element of of copywriting so when it comes to copywriting for your website what are your top tips for for that channel
1: yeah, cop- uh, websites are, are the big one. You know, We can probably all get away with writing our own flyer or brochure and social media posts, but websites are really big because there's a lot of technical pieces to a website. So you've had other episodes with SEO experts and Ollie with the websites. All of those really, we all work together. So a copywriter doesn't necessarily know SEO. They might do white papers or case studies and they don't know the technical side of websites. So the tips are either to learn what what is important with SEO and why you need it and either hire someone to help you with that or just do some educating online yeah. because there's just little behind the scenes secret places where your keywords need to hide out so Google will find you. So keyword research, I think, is really important. Not so much for really small towns where there's a word of mouth that really powers your business, but if you're in a regional area or you're trying to sell your product or service statewide, you need some element of keyword research. And it doesn't have to be really complicated it can just be a really basic look at what your customers are going to be searching for but then knowing where to put those pieces into your website so for example they would go into your heading or at least into the first 50 to 100 words of that page and you don't want to use the same ones over and over again. So we're past the stage of keyword stuffing where we just throw in every word that we can. We're writing for humans first and then we're strategically placing those words so Google will find you and rank you as high as as possible. So and website copy Two has changed so we're also seeing that it's no longer the long form big chunky paragraphs it's quick and snappy headlines subhead- set, subheadings and more of a back and forth conversation like have you considered this project oh you know we think you should and this is why and it's more conversational so websites are one of those where i i would say that it's important to either understand exactly what's happening with the structure of a website and understanding the architecture of it. Fine to try it yourself, write it yourself, but then have the web developer or a copywriter take a look at it and do some editing so it really makes an
0: impact. That's a great idea, that's a great idea. So um, succinct copy, so succinct headlines, succinct subheadings, succinct sentences a conversational style in your writing, which that's good news for a lot of small business owners because mm-hmm. most small business owners can talk their way through a sale or can talk you know, to their customers about what they do well or you know wh- what they sell or, or whatever. So sometimes I think the pressure is just to have the perfect words and make it sound so corporate and professional because that's how it used to be. But the fact that it can be that little bit more conversational allows you to kind of talk people through the website as opposed to you know be, be very officious with, with your writing. So that's great news. And then the keyword piece. So just finding out where those keywords are, what the keywords are and where they need to be placed on your website. I really love your idea and your tip there for even if small business owners want to actually go and do that website, set up themselves and write their, their pages and headings and that sort of stuff. And then get an SEO person or a copywriter or someone in that field to look over it to, to fine tune it. Um, that's that's a great idea. Um, okay, excellent. Now on websites, not all websites and blog posts will be relevant. Probably more relevant to small bi- some small businesses than others, um, but they generally are a feature of of a website these days. And and we tend to approach copywriting. Quite differently for 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 blog posts than than perhaps we might do a more corporate piece of, of information like a brochure or something like that. Either way, what are your top tips for writing blog flow? Uh, sorry, blog posts. Is there is there like a flow or a structure to follow for these, or or what's the best way to approach them?
1: Yeah, so there's different types of blog posts, and the reason that you're writing a blog post is to Inform your audience to show that you're an expertise, yeah. and then to bring in more of those keywords and keyword phrases so Google can find you. So, there's a few different reasons why you're writing a blog post, but first and foremost, we write for humans first. Yeah. So, you're writing to educate or inform your audience. So, you might want to decide what type of blog post you want to write first and then go into more detailed structure. so a good place to start are lists so here are 10 top reasons why you should you know back up your website or why you should exercise after five o'clock at night something like that Um, how to blog posts you can do an interview so it's a back and forth industry news or just simply a personal story so just saying you know I went to the store and this is what happened to me and this is how I changed my business because of it so finding one of those structures and then just going with it so lists are perfect top five reasons top seven reasons and everyone loves that because we just love the dot points yes um when I write websites I always write down what I want the reader to get at the end Of reading that blog post. And it's at the top of my Word document. But then as I start to write, I have to keep scrolling back up. So I literally write it on a piece of paper and tape it to my office wall. So I'm always looking back and forth at, am I still answering this same question? And then I give them five reasons. Five reasons why they need to do whatever I I think they should do. And just make sure that all five reasons keeps answering that question. So intro, five reasons, conclusion, how they can get a hold of you and done. And it really is a recipe. The first one is excruciatingly painful. The first website I wrote, I think it took me 14 hours. I mean, it was out of control. But then now the last one I wrote was two hours. So you get into a routine and then your audience also gets into a routine so they know that this is what they can expect from reading it i mean you know that when you do research online and you look at one person's blog article and it's one sentence paragraphs all the way down the page versus someone who has it chunked out nicely with dot points yeah. So give your audience something easy so yeah. their brain can wrap around it and they can expect the same
0: time expect the same thing every time they come back to your website Yeah, 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 that's a really good point. And again, you know, I really like your point there around keeping it easy for them to digest because, you know, as experts, we are really passionate about what we do and we have so much information so it's really tempting, you know, you start on one point and I, I really love how you keep your focus on that that piece of paper there, because it's really easy as the technical experts to get really passionate about it. And, you know, one point then leads to another, which digresses to another, which let you know, and and you can sit there and write a whole book on it. <laughs> Um, but that's not what people are going to read so people when they're consuming blog posts you know it's it's in the middle of their work day or they might be on their phone and and the blog post has popped up in their social media feed or whatever um, so they're not going they're not really in the position to, to sit there and and spend all afternoon reading your your mm. posts so I think that's really good tips and I would agree with you with the list. Um, posts again it gives people certainty you know and it's it's like you know when you see those articles i think they're on linkedin at the moment where they'll actually say this is a two minute read or a three minute read or a 10 minute read it just you know it gives you that certainty around oh okay you know that's a 10 minute read i'll need to come back to it oh two minutes cool i can i can do that five points yeah i can read five points Thirty points. All oh, that might be a bit more than I'm, I'm looking for, and I think to um, your point around stories is is really really powerful. I know myself; I'm using stories so much more in, in my content, and the, the the engagement that you get off the back of a story post versus like a factual or a, even a list the engagement that you'll get from that, that story sh- sharing, I guess, is, um, is quite phenomenal, the difference. So, so I think that's, and that, I think you do, you know, it, you do kind of need to be a bit of a, you know, you do need to master the skills of, of storytelling a little bit there. So they might be a bit harder to write, I would think. Would you agree than the list posts?
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. They're, they're harder. And I think that that's where people get stuck too, that they think, well, yes, I might be an expert in this field, but there's someone who's smarter than me, or there's someone yes. who's already written this. I mean, how many books are written on the same exact subject, but nobody can take away your story. So yes. even though someone has written a book on that already, or a hundred blog posts on it, you have a story that goes around that that nobody else has so I do think that that's harder that might be you know blog writing 2.0 <laughs> um or maybe that just comes into this is a blog post I wrote and put that as a social media headline to pu- pull it together yeah. I mean, so it is I do agree with you it, it is harder but it's something to aspire
0: to <laughs> yeah 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 and it certainly it certainly does um have a have a great effect um okay so that's blogs now social media posts so this is like the kind of short stories equivalent to writing a novel or even to writing a blog so 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 i guess like whilst short uh, whilst social media posts can be in short form or long form you kind of still require that succinctness you need to still be able to really stand out in a really really busy news feed so it is still important to kind of get that copy right even if you are only writing a sentence and in fact if you are only writing a sentence then it is more important to make sure that that sentence you know really gets your points point across so what are your tips for, for good social media posts? And, and like if we're kind of talking Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn, they're the, the main ones that I think most small business owners use.
1: Yeah, one of the tips that I have is to test things out. So when I do social media posts for my business, I'll put it on Facebook first and I'll see what the reaction is. And if I need to tweak anything or change anything, then I'll put it on Inst- or on LinkedIn. Yeah. And then, you know, then I'll i go to Instagram. I don't have a huge Instagram following, but I, I test it somewhere first and then I make adjustments to it because your audiences are different. Your Facebook audience and your LinkedIn audience are probably different. Yeah. So you, you want to change your terminology. So one of the things that I do, I use Grammarly every single day. Mm. And you write your blog post, and even if this particular blog post that you write doesn't get published, that's okay. That's still material that you can use for social media. So I write, and I put it into Grammarly, or I write directly in Grammarly, and then I start chunking it out and pulling out pieces that I'll use for Facebook and LinkedIn, but things, the words change. Like you said, it has to be more succinct for social media than it does in a blog post. So because I have it in Grammarly, I can change words around. I still know, okay, is it grammatically correct? Am I making any errors? And then I pull it out and I put it into Facebook or I put Mm -hmm. it into LinkedIn. And then that way, if that Facebook post goes viral, it does really, really well. I now have it archived so I can repost it again cuz you know on Facebook yeah. once you post something and you want to go back and post it again it's a nightmare to find it and to yes. repost it so I have everything in one spot and then I can tweak it depending on which social media platform it goes into so and in social media too you just you play around with it what what you think is going to get a lot of engagement sometimes doesn't. And the really obscure thing, all of a sudden people are crazy about it. So just playing around with it. I wouldn't worry too much about the copy because it is more authentic and it's okay to have mistakes in social media posts versus your website. So just do it, just try it, just get over that hump and, and, and tweak it, you know, and if something is a, can, you know, a,
0: as a bomb, then you can take it down. Or <laughs> yeah, That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So with your like content system there that you were describing, so you write a blog post, which you would post on your website, say for example, in a longer form article style. And then when you go in and get those kind of chunks, are you, so is that like a form of repurposing? So you're yeah. kind of pulling out Smaller, bite-sized, like bits, I guess, and then pu- using those as standalone points that that you share via social.
1: Yep, definitely, and. Then what you can do is, is if it's getting some traction in social media, then you know that that is a topic that people are interested in. So if it's yeah. a blog post that just was in the draft form that you never published, it's getting traction. Now you know to go and polish that up and post it because people want to know about it. Yes. You know, and you also use it as a little teaser too. So if you're doing a list of 10, here are the top three for more
0: Follow the blog post. Yeah, yeah, great. I love it. Okay, and I think um, the, the the social media channels it, you can be super conversational as as well in terms of as you said. You know, don't worry so much about the copy. People are looking for the personality because people are on social media to catch up with other people. So the personality in in your posts. Um, can, can 100% shine through, which is important to kind of get that tonality correct for a, a small business. So if, so if the, you know, you as the small business owner are not doing the posts yourself, making sure that the person who is doing them gets your tone and, your the, you know, the kind of voice that you have. But I think one of the biggest things that I see a lot of small business owners do is... Um, not take themselves out of their own head. So sometimes, you know, when we're, you know, if you're not a writer, you can be sitting there thinking about a topic and you've written the blog article. So you've got the context, you've got the backstory. So then you might just put, you know, some kind of obscure sentence to to introduce it or a really ambiguous or a really short sentence to introduce it, which doesn't allow the reader to get the full context of what's behind it. So it's important to kind of take a step out of your own shoes and go, oh, hang on a second. If I hadn't written that article, if I wasn't the expert, would I be able to tell from that sentence what I'm about to find in the article that ensues or, you know, the page or wherever you're sending them to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's in an ideal world, it'd be nice to have a copy buddy. So someone Mm -hmm. that is always (laughs) That's always looking at your posts and saying, "Ooh, I don't understand that." Or you know that happens quite often when I'm writing something. And well, my husband who works next to me looks at me and is like, "What are you trying to say?" I'm like, <laughs> Isn't it obvious? He's like, no, it's not at all. So we do need that checks and balance of because and that's why everything is rolling around in our head. And there's just so much noise going on. So what we put on paper is not always what we think we're putting on paper, and it's coming across differently. So yeah, that's for just having someone to yeah. you know, a family member, a customer,
0: um, you know, a coworker, someone to look over everything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And even if it's, yeah, so to check the grammar or to check you've got a full stop or whatever. But more so, does it make sense? Like does someone who who's not writing this article, can they decipher what, you know, or really can they get the benefit? Can they understand the benefit of me clicking through to go and find out more about this? Yeah. Um, okay, great. Now, brochures aren't used as much, you know, over the, well, let's call it the last 10 years. I've certainly seen the decline and the decline and the decline of, of brochures and, you know, sales material um, that he'd that been used by, small business having said that they're generally you know for most of the businesses that I do work with they'll generally have kind of one hero brochure so that you know if they go out and you know to networking events or if if they have kind of clients or customers come in that want to take some information away with them they've got you know something something tangible to give them now this is nuanced again because this is probably falls more into the into the old school copywriting or does it like what, what's happening with brochures these days?
1: Yeah, I'm working on one right now. It's probably the first one that I've done in many, many years. Um, And there you kind of have one go at it, right? Because you send it to the printer and you pay all this money and then you come back and go, Ooh, so having a (laughs) um, really, really good proofreader is important with brochures, but with brochures too, it's important to look at the design of it. So a good graphic designer and working with a copywriter, or if you write your own copy, to make sure that that graphic designer knows where to put things, because now we're talking about something that's very visual and there is a lot of competition. So I think about going to a tourist office and we have all of those DLs and flyers on a wall where you each company wants that customer. So something needs to grab their attention. So it's either the image or it's the wording. So if you have all of your words at the bottom and there's nothing at the top, there's nothing to grab somebody's attention. So brochures are need to be considered differently because of that visual element. If it's a sales piece where you're leaving it behind, s- similar, you know, it needs to either stay on that person's desk that they'll read it later rather than going into the waste paper basket. Um, so, and again, like a website, it needs to be different areas that give the information in a succinct way. So dot points are good. Headlines and subheadings are good. A call to action. Absolute. What do you want someone to do once they've read this brochure?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're great tips. And, yeah, I know, again, you know, whilst it's not online, I think your point around you still need to keep it succinct because people still don't want to sit there and be burdened with, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs and pages and pages of content. Um, they frankly don't care enough. You know, they just want some some key points. They want to be assured or they're looking for some key information. Deliver that key information. Don't rave on with all of the, the details. Um or send them somewhere else to go and get them if that's what they want. Now, what about um, video scripts and radio ad scripts? So um, you know videos can obviously be well as long as a, a piece of string. Radio ads are only ever going to be fifteen or thirty seconds. What's your approach to to writing these sorts of things?
1: So these are the the Twitter of copywriting. Mm -hmm. We only have so many characters. We only have so many words. And even though a video can be as long as it needs to be, there's still visual elements that are going into it and music. So it's not just talking from start to finish. So this is where the key messages, understanding your audience and what you want them to do is crucial there's no wiggle room when it comes to video scripts and radio ads you have to get it right from the very first word and if you don't that it's gone so in a blog post if the first paragraph is crummy we still have 900 words to get their attention and tell them what we need to do, but in a video script and a radio ad You absolutely have to nail those key messages and that all comes from the groundwork Before you even pick up a pen to figure out who you are who you want to be. What are your customers fears? What do they know about you and what do you want them to do once they've listened to that? Ad or video so the groundwork on these particular pieces are is crucial
0: Mm, mm yeah great point and um yeah so so with the the videos in in particular if people are so say for example it's a because fo- there's so many different types of videos that we can actually do so if people are kind of um looking at doing say a two minute or three minute video do you still suggest kind of writing scripts or even if it's five minutes ten minutes do you still suggest writing scripts or or is like is it the same process that people have to follow and learn or is there a way that people can do it where they just need to nail the key points and and practice the key points
1: no, there's definitely a formula to video scripts. And this is where a videographer or a script writer or a copywriter would be able to help. So you have the intro, you have something that evokes their emotions, then you so it's the agitate the problem and yes. then provide the solution. So there's a lot of different copywriting formulas that, that are used in video scripts. And once you start studying some of, some corporate videos, you'll see that there's a bit of a formula. So like the blog posts, there is a formula that you use. So a viewer is used to saying, okay, I'm going to open up with something that's emotional. And then it's going to tell me who you are and how you can change my life and how you can make it better and how I can reach you. So, um, yeah, that's where a videographer definitely would have that formula already set up and then you can just plug in the key areas and then it goes along with
0: the visuals. Yeah, puts it yeah. All
1: together. yeah.
0: yeah that makes sense. Now, if people are listening to this and it's really helped them cement that copywriting is not for them, <laughs> that they would actually not like to um, uh, to, to attempt this and they want to outsource it, your business obviously helps them to do this. So can you tell us just a little bit about how your business, um, all about your business and and how it helps um, small businesses with their copywriting? Sure. I'll come in at really any area,
1: at any level to help businesses. So everyone has a story to tell and everyone is a good writer Unfortunately, we all have our English teacher's voice in the back of our head and we think about the red pen of all of our English assessments. And copywriting is completely different. So we can start a sentence with and or but, we can forget a comma here or there. It's not academic writing at all. So one of the things that I do is try to help clients get over that fear to show them that they really can do it. So uh, someone can write a blog post and then send it to a copywriter to say, can you just give me some ideas of wh- where I can change it and what the formula is and polish it up? And then they'll be more confident in the future to do it themselves. Then all they probably need is someone to proofread it at the end. So you can use a copywriter just to say, I'm so busy. I can't do this. Please just do it. Here are the five topics, write it and let I'll approve it. Or I'm going to write it. Can you help me with it? To this is what I've written. Can you do some editing? So just depending on the client's time and comfort level, but everyone can do it. It just depends on if that's where they want to spend their time. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how you help business. And what's your business name? So I am under my name. So Jody Carey copywriter. So my website is jodiecarey.com and um, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So yeah, there's anything from tenders to websites, white papers, brochures, blog posts, whatever, whenever there's words involved, a copywriter can can help.
0: Fantastic. Brilliant. Oh, They are such great tips, Jodie. I really appreciate you sharing those with us and um, I I think there's a lot of small business owners who will be much more confident now about having a little bit of a go themselves or if not, they'll be picking up the phone to give you a call. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Jodie. Thank you, Jean. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. Hey, If you are really enjoying these episodes and feel like they are helping you become a better marketer, head into your podcast app and hit subscribe that way you will not miss an episode and the marketing goodness will just keep flowing in. And if you know a small business owner who you think might also find this episode helpful, please grab a screenshot of the episode and send it over to them. And remember, If you are looking to create high impact marketing on a small budget, head over to dragonflymarketing.com.au slash high impact small budget and sign up to receive our e-guide that will give you 10 actions that you can take right now to help you get better bang for your marketing buck. And until next time, happy marketing.